Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com in the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin. I always enjoy when you bust out your booming dot .com, dot .com voice. It's it's very unique. Unique. I had a, a boy at youth club the other night. We do third to sixth grade. Yeah. And uh, he kept going, how low can you go? How low can you go? Go lower. Go lower. With your voice, yeah, it was just hilarious. Just watch him trying to get me to go lower and lower and lower because he he was just amazed at how low somebody could go. How low and I thought, can you go? All right, if this amuses you, this yeah. is not pro- this is not a problem. <laughs> you know, I, that's that's how kids are though. I've noticed with my boys, like eating them toys and stuff, and they play with them for a little bit. But it's all the stuff that aren't toys that they right. play with the most. You know, I'm convinced that there's a certain age where you could put an empty box out. Oh, totally. They're and at that and age. they have a ball all day with it. They're at that you age. You know, if it's a big, like, refrigerator box or something, it's like, just throw it out in the living room. Yeah. Yeah, we're at the phase. We have a couch downstairs, and it's like a, it's a sectional, so it goes in the corner. And they're at the phase where we have a bunch of blankets, like, in a closet. Well, they're not ever in the closet anymore. Right. They love taking them out, putting them in the corner, and making what they call a mountain. Uh-huh. And that they can climb and jump off of and all that. And they are entertained hours at end. Yeah. And but my brother and I... Weeks used to go in the basement all the time and, and set up ways to uh, defend ourselves from shooting each other with something. Oh, you yes, know I mean? yes. They're not quite at, my boys aren't quite at that stage yet. That, yeah. that stage will come. Yeah, that's um, when you got to get them something where they won't get hurt shooting at each that's other. That's right, that's right. So. Yeah, that was funny. Well, we didn't have those things that didn't hurt when I was young, so we used to <laughs> shoot each other with things that actually hurt until my mom caught us because she would hear one of us yelp or something and come down and see what we were doing who is who is the crier of you two um i don't think either one of us were really no? I, I was always pretty compliant and he was always rather tough all right um so i guess if anyone would I, so nobody was the squealer not really i don't think i don't remember i mean he might say something else yeah he might say i was sure um but i don't know i he was always like i i've told people i never got a spanking because if i disappointed my dad i was just totally bothered and so the point of spanking is, which he'd probably say it's because you were the youngest and you got away with everything. No, he realized I I was more oh. tender-hearted. I mean, as far as crying goes, that's what made me cry. Is if I disappointed my dad or mom. Oh, gotcha. Um, but as far my brother, you could spank him and he'd go, "That didn't hurt," hmm. you know, and just give it to my dad or mom. And so it's like he got beat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I learned. You know, I mean, that's not the right attitude. Uh, yeah, because I, I basically, and I'm not saying that to tap myself on the back. I think there are, are certain personalities in life. Yeah. And I have a compliant personality. So if you say, here's how we're going to do something, I want to do it that way. Yeah. Not because I'm trying to be good or anything. It's just, okay, I'm compliant. You said this is how it's done. I drive the speed limit. I do. I mean, it's that kind of thing where no problem being compliant. I, I like it. Yeah. Maybe it's because of the boundaries or whatever it is. And then you've got guys like my brother or others that boundaries mean nothing. Hmm. You know, speed limits mean nothing, you know, hmm. kind of thing. So I think there are personalities, you know, involved there. And each of us have our own troubles. Right. Uh, someone with my personality, you'd look at it and say, you know what? You, you have trouble getting outside the boundaries. Yeah. And I really don't on visionary stuff. Right. But I do speed limit. Yeah. You know, it drives me crazy to go Unless to Chicago. Unless it comes to a board game. Uh, yeah, maybe. Then you come up with this quote-unquote house rules mumbo-jumbo. No, no, there's no coming up. There There are such things as house rules. Yeah. Precisely. And therefore, I'm compliant. 
because I'm within the yeah. house rules. Yeah, within your own made-up rules. But it doesn't matter where they come from. It's, <laughs> they're there. So everybody's flawed, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> Especially you. All right. Hey, you know what? It's all perspective. It, it is. Here, here's what I've been working on, because one of the things that we have to do as teachers is try and figure out where is our culture? I mean, what are they struggling with? Yeah. A good teacher doesn't say, I'm going to teach something that, that we don't need to deal with. No, we look in what, here's the struggle. How do we deal with it? And one of the things I've been working on is the number one struggle, according to what I've read on various educational articles, is the idea of absolutes. Yeah. Just are there absolutes? And the answer, of course, is yes. But in our nation, it seems like there's not absolutes. So, I mean, for example, um, the Bible teaches in, in Genesis that God created the world. Yeah. Okay, I can sit there and say that's how it happened. That's an absolute to me. Mm-hmm. And someone else would say, oh, how do you know that? It's like, it says well, so. it says so in the scriptures. Science really doesn't back any other theory. I mean, it really doesn't. You can go into it. That is my background and stuff. And it, that isn't, it doesn't back it. It's kind of silly, actually, when it says that everything came accidentally into existence. That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. So, but then it goes on and it says that he created man and woman. He created them. And it's very different. It's different genders. Yeah. And I think that's pretty simple. I mean, he created man, he created woman. They're they're different. And he created them that way. But today in our culture it's like are you a man? Are you a woman? Are you what are you? Yeah. See, we we complicate it and we don't like the absolutes. We don't like why don't why doesn't your generation? I'm going after you now. Why doesn't your generation like absolutes? I love absolutes. I I like knowing this guy's a guy, this guy's a girl. I got that now. I got it. I know what bathroom to use and everything. What? Why is that hard? It's because your generation taught us that everybody's a winner. Oh, you. <laughs> you got me on that one. You do. I mean, honestly, yeah, if you think everybody's a winner, you begin to think, I don't have to do anything and I can win. Right. You well, know, and that, I mean, that was lighthearted, but I think that that mindset, I don't know, I, I kind of said that tongue in cheek, but if you, if you chase that rabbit down the bunny hole a little yep. bit, that might be the beginning of the philosophy behind it is that, it challenges the the worldview that was once your generation. And so all of a sudden, if everybody can win, well, that means that everybody can be yeah, right. Yeah, there, no, there are no defining. Everybody can be right at the same time then. Right. There's no defining markers. Right. So you can win, I can win, and, and there is no really win. Right. Which makes us all losers Precisely. as well. Right. And there's nothing wrong with losing, but, no. you know. But going back to what you were saying, I think that's with my generation, it, it's it's – this philosophy where it's like, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I guess you have to be right as well as I'm right, even though it doesn't seem that these two are at all coinciding. Yeah. Well, you Which know, it doesn't make any sense even no. as I say it, no, it <laughs> That's doesn't. A, you know, like I try to explain it. It's like, what are you talking about? Well, and there are some absolutes. Right. I mean, there are, I, I don't think there's a lot of them. Yeah. In fact, I think the evangelical world has gotten itself into trouble because it, it claims too many things are absolute. Yeah. Not everything is absolute. Not not everything that Dave Wager believes is absolute. There are a few things. Like if I when I get up in the morning, I like starting the day saying, There is a God and I'm not him. Yeah. Okay, I know that for sure. That that I know. What else do I actually know? Sometimes I'm not sure mm-hmm. what else I know. And I don't know if that makes sense to you. Let me let me back it up a little bit. Um each of us grow up in a certain manner. We each grow up with perspective. Yeah. 
Now, what happens is we deal with God, and God doesn't have a perspective. Okay. Because he sees everything exactly the way it is. Hmm. So perspective, you need to see it from an angle. Right. And technically, God doesn't see anything from an angle. He just sees it the way it is. He sees it the way it is. Now, some might say, well, that's his perspective, absolute truth. Okay, if you want to use the word that way, go ahead. But that isn't really how it's used. It's used, for example, um, I grew up in a family where my dad was a pastor. My mom, obviously, was a pastor's wife, worked in a public school as a a lunchroom lady. Um, I have a brother. And my dad was always involved in ministry. Uh, My grandpa was an alcoholic. Uh, my uncle was an alcoholic, both my uncles. And so I grew up in, a, in an atmosphere where my family was very loving and kind, but no alcohol was ever around. And the effects of alcohol were always seen as negative because they were. Um, you, you grow up, I didn't see my parents throwing dishes at each other. I didn't see them arguing, you know, verbally back and forth. It's very Scandinavian home. They're very quiet. They, they were energetic, but they didn't really throw each other under the bus very much. You know, I mean, that didn't really happen. And my brother and I might have, but mm-hmm. my parents didn't. Uh, typical growing up, my brother and I, you know, we had our skirmishes, but we would defend each other to the hilt. And um, it, when you look at it, okay, that's my perspective. So when I go out into the world and I talk about the value of family, that's what I'm talking about right there. I have a loving father, loving mother. This is the environment I grew up in. This is what I understand. And I'm comparing everything to that. However, sometimes I'll say the importance of family. And I'm talking to a young person who's maybe a young girl whose dad just abused her and beat her mom. Mm-hmm. She's grown up her whole life being afraid that her dad, of, of her dad at night, her dad's always drunk or, I mean, whatever it may be. And I'm talking about how precious family is. And she's looking at me thinking, you're goofy. Hmm. Now, the trouble is I know what I'm saying. Yeah. She knows what she's saying and neither of us are connecting. Right. That's a problem, especially in a mass media age mm-hmm. where everybody's sane. Yeah. So when I speak, I think everybody knows what I mean. But what if they don't? So what I have to do is, is recognize that. Let, let me give you some words, for example. Yeah. When, when I say... Uh, if I came to you and said, how was your night last night? What would you say? I'd say it's good. All right. Immediately, I have a problem. Why? I don't know what you meant. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I know, okay, it was a good night. Yeah. What does that mean? You went to bed early. You went to bed late. You watched a movie. You didn't watch a movie. You had pizza. You didn't have pizza. I mean, what what exactly constitutes- What exactly made it good? Yeah, I, I don't- I don't know anything you just said. Good for you might be good, different for me. Exactly. If, if yeah. you were to ask me, the other day I was out, um, you know, we had that storm go through camp, and, and I was out 12 hours on a skid steer moving brush. And somebody asked me the next day, how was your day yesterday? I said, fantastic. And they looked at me and goes, really, what'd you do? I said, well, I was on this skid steer moving brush all over the place. And they, their face kind of drooped like, that was fantastic. It was. I enjoyed doing that. Not only that, there's this little bulldozer I got on every once in a while, and I moved the earth. So here I'm describing, I had a great time doing that. Yeah. And someone else is going, that sounds like work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my, my kids grew up 
Colin, you know, they watched their dad go out every week almost in the summer uh, when I had a day off and I would collect wood and we heated our house with wood. They nicknamed me the log hog. And both of them know if dad's going outside grabbing a chainsaw, putting chaps on, he's having a good time. He's out there. You know, the other day I had an exceptional moment. Now, what do you think that meant? It means that you had a Yeah, but what do you think it meant? I mean, to you, it might mean something totally different. Right, yeah. Here's why. I was sharpening my chain on my chainsaw. I was sharpening it in in our shop. And the the head mechanic came in. His name's Steve. And he said, you're ruining that chain. I said, what are you talking about? He says, you can't do that. Look, look. And he showed me something on the chain. He said, you're going to ruin the chain doing that. Here's how you do it. And he corrected a few things that I was doing. Yeah. Whoa, can my chain cut? I had an exceptional moment. Hmm. I got it. So I got that chain perfect. And I went out there and I just laid it on the wood, this oak, and the oak screaming for mercy. You know, as I'm going through <laughs> it. So it, 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 was that, it was that good. Yeah. Now, some people are listening going, I, have, I can't relate to you at all. And some people are saying, man, this boy's obsessed with wood. Exactly. And now, <laughs> that has to do with perspective. Uh, let's use another uh, word. If if I said to you, uh, do you want to be a success in life, what would you say? Absolutely. What does that mean? Because success is different to different people. It is. What does it mean to be a success? Yeah. How would you find out? Is there even a word? Is there even a way to describe success? Doing anything well. Yeah, doing well. At, at How do you goals. describe that? Yeah. You know, when when I was in a wheelchair as a kid. Moving from one place to another, I got congratulated. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I know. It was, <laughs> but it was because of an effort. Yeah, yeah. When I will walk one place to another, I got congratulated. Yeah. One I didn't need congratulations for. You know, I, I think success is so interesting. When I look, can we go somewhere? Is there anywhere in the world where we can go? Get outside of our perspective and know whether our perspective is right or wrong. That's my question. And do we, does anybody actually do that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the critical question for your generation right now. Do you have the courage and do you have the skill or the desire to get outside your perspective and challenge everything that you believe? Because your belief system doesn't make anything absolute. So can you challenge what you believe today? And if you can challenge what you can believe and have a source where you can find a true answer, well, then I think you have a way of living in some kind of absoluteness. And you'll find that absolute's pretty narrow as far as life goes. Yeah. And even for those that are, that are looking, they might say, well, how do you know it's absolute? Yeah. You know, and I think any, any regard of when it comes to absolute, you know, at some point, your belief system, you have to take a step of faith. You do. You have to. And so if you're, if you're sitting out there wondering, well, you know, that's just too much faith in me. Well, you have faith in something, and that's your belief system. Yep. You know, if you think that the earth was formed by accident, you know, th- you're having faith in something. Mm-hmm. Well, you might say, well, there's evidence in, in science. No, it's not provable. There is no evidence. There's right. theories. There's conjectures, but it's not proof. And and so I would say that that the proof that is there for a living God that loves you and cares for you is there. You need, and you just need to look for it. 
because right. uh, you know and and yes there is some faith involved because you can't necessarily see him physically but that's what that's what faith is that's what hope is yeah and that's how then you can you can formulate your thoughts and belief system on these absolute truths and i think that i think that's a big struggle for my generation is because they don't they want to see it in front of them right but they're not willing to look for the proof well in your generation also manufactures things yeah for example facebook instagram whatever we can make it look like we want right we even make our lives look like, like we want that again you is know, perspective we portray you're, the people the way that we see ourselves you're and then you or sur- want ourselves to be seen right say, then you surround right. yourself with people who agree with you yeah so then you get on the internet or whatever, and some if you're a Republican or a Democrat, some someone from the other side gets on, and you start blasting them, and all your friends say, yeah, 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 and all. You know, do you think anyone's ever been changed by a Facebook quote? I doubt it. Then why do we do them? Yeah. Or a tweet? You think you think anyone's opinion has changed because you tweeted something? Maybe feelings, but no, not <laughs> not opinions. I know. I, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, Yeah. so why do we spend so much time doing it when it doesn't seem to actually make a difference? Is it because because of the world we're lived in, we're so engrossed in perspective that we will never seem to get out of our perspective to try and understand anything that challenges it. And I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm asking your generation to do and mine is, what are you doing on a regular basis right now to challenge your perspective to challenge it mm-hmm. and 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 things that actually are absolute though not and there's so little that's absolute yeah honestly um when people get up and talk for example perspective wise there was this young girl who challenged the united nations on climate change or something and you know i don't know what she did but the honest truth is my someone my age looked at this young girl and said you lack manners you, you do not talk to older people who are diplomats in that way. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would have said. Yeah. I know that shows my age and that, oh, how dare you. Because the news articles are saying, what a cute, feisty young lady that stood up to all the power. It's like, her parents are actors. Yeah. It looked to me like a very coached actor young lady that wanted to say something. That's all. I'm 63 years old. That's what I saw. Yeah. Again, I'm perspective. I have a perspective. I understand that. But here's what I understand about climate change. Do you know how long we've been keeping um, records of climate? No. It's about 100 years. Yeah. How old is the Earth? I would say the Earth is maybe 7,000 years okay. old. Okay, so let's say it is. Let's, let's just take your figure, whatever it is, 7,000. We have 100 years of climate records. Right. What can we honestly conclude? We can conclude that nothing. I, I know. That's what I mean. <laughs> so here we are, you know, looking at ourselves saying, aren't we the brightest people ever? We have 100 years of records, and now we can tell you that the climate is changing and we're ruining the planet. And I'm sitting there thinking, on 100 years of records out of, now let's say that, that 7,000 isn't right. Let's say they're at this 500 billion years old, mm-hmm. which I don't believe, but let's just say it is. Yeah. We still have 100 years of records. The science for climate change, when you put it on the perspective of the whole, doesn't make any sense because we don't have enough record. So for anybody to get up definitively and say, 
this is what will happen 100 years from now. We only have 100 years of records. I, I don't know that you can do that. Yeah. Now, what I did was I'm challenging the perspective of the norm in science that's being portrayed. That's all I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So someone might say, well, you're, you're argumentative. No, I'm asking, how can you give me reliable information when you only have 100 years of records and thousands of years of Earth? Mm-hmm. And if you could answer that for me, then I'll be more inclined to listen to what you have to say. Yeah. So it's kind of like I, I'm challenging the perspective. I'm not telling somebody who believes that that they're an idiot. I'm just challenging. Why do you believe that when I know that this is the fact? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to be able to do that. Um, if, if I said somebody was being responsible, what do I mean? Uh, it depends on your perspective. Exactly. You know, everything I've said, it, it depends on what I mean. Every question is a trick <laughs> question. Every, it, it depends on what I mean. <laughs> the, do you realize how often people talk to each other and have no idea what they said when they leave? Oh, yeah. That's why most people just talk about the weather. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I have no idea what he just said. Even though we're not and saying, man, we're good friends. We got to get together and do this more. You still don't know what the guy said. Yeah. It's like, why... Do you have these discussions that go nowhere? Mm-hmm. Well, because we're people of perspective. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I think that I, I really want to be able to do is, is get to where, okay, here are the few basic things, the few absolutes that are in the Bible. I start in the beginning where it says, in the beginning, God. All right, that's an absolute. There's a God. Yeah. So if there is a God, I need to spend time getting to know who this God is mm-hmm. and listening to him. That's all. I mean, yeah. that's, that's as simple as it is. When, when you get through, when, when God talks about creation, okay, created things, created man and woman, I'm not going to argue about gender identity. There's men, there's women. And honestly, if you don't agree with that, I think you're in a perspective world, mm-hmm. but you're not in an absolute world. Yeah. And you're going to be in trouble down the road because now each man will do what's right in their own eyes. And I think you're going to be confused because this is one of those simple things, not hard things. And if you're going to make a simple thing hard, yeah. oh, I pity you. Because now you're making a simple thing hard. Mm-hmm. There's men, there's women. We know they're different. We know they're genetically different. That's the way that goes. Mm-hmm. When we look and we see what God says about marriage, see, there's an absolute there. That's mm-hmm. why you look at it and say, marriage is really made to be, to be between one man and one woman. And it's made so that you commit to each other for life. Mm-hmm. Check the Bible. That's the absolute. Right. Now, there's a lot within that, I understand, but that's, what it, what, that's the absolute standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you're married, the Bible makes it clear you should not be sexually active. Right. I don't care what the culture says. I don't care what the norm is. I don't care what the, that, this is what it says. Now, perspective, you might be saying nobody does that. And we we live in a porn age and I understand that that's perspective. Yeah. Let's go back to the absolute. The absolute says before you're married, you don't use each other for any sexual anything. Mm-hmm. You respect each other, and after you're married, you stay faithful to each other. That's, that's the absolute. Yeah. So now I actually, when you try and feel things that are different than that, I have a way to talk about it because I know what the absolute is. Even though I've never maybe in my life, and I'm speaking for anybody, you may not have experienced it. Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so I need to get outside of my experience and get to where I see what the absolute is and start to readjust my life so that I can be an example of that. I don't know if that makes sense or I'm talking in circles here. Yeah, from my perspective, that makes sense. <laughs> from your <laughs> perspective, it does make sense. That's right. 
Yeah. And I, and I think that's something that we don't naturally do now. You know, we, we just live our life in a way that we just live from our perspective and we think that that's the way we should. But I think it's good to, to make sure that we're aligning with absolute. Um, well, how do you do that, though? How do you, li- how do you align with, with somebody who has a, a different perspective than you that might be acting on absolutes? I, I think you just engage in conversation. Yeah. You know, but we're not willing to do that. We're not willing to have honest dialogue. Usually we just have attacking dialogue. Right. And there's a difference. You know, we could sit down and have a discussion um, and we need to go at it in a way where we're not going to attack each other and just say, here's here's the evidence. Here's the proof. You know, have a look. Well, you might get offended if you say I had a good evening last night. And yeah. I say, what do you mean by that? Now you're thinking, look, I just said that to get you off my back. I don't want to talk about my whole evening with you. Yeah. OK. You know, or. Are you getting judgmental with me? If I tell you what I did last night, I think it was good. And you don't, because what if what if you played four hours of video games last night and you said, "Boy, I had a good evening." Right. And you're talking to Dave, and Dave doesn't like when guys spend four hours doing video games. So you're not even going to tell me that. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know what? That's true. Uh, the other thing I would suggest, just because we're running out of time a little bit, is, you know, if if you know somebody, if you grew up in a family that was dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And all families are to a certain degree. I understand that. But if you grew up in a family that's dysfunctional, why don't you go to a church that teaches the Bible, find somebody who has a functional family, and invite yourself over. Mm-hmm. In other words, go look at somebody who's doing it different. Yeah. Because you'll realize that not everybody throws dishes at each other. Not everybody. Uh, it was really sad when I learned that most young girls that grow up in a home where they see abusive fathers mm-hmm. marry abusive husbands. And I kept asking, why? You'd think you'd want to get out of that. Yeah. And the answer kept coming back the same. That's the life they know. That that's where their comfort zone is. Mm-hmm. They know how to live in that, but they don't know how to live in a way where they're not where they're loved differently. Right. You know, and I'm thinking, Whoa, that's pretty serious. Yeah. I think you need to get out and see people who live differently than you. Yeah. And get in their homes. And in our culture right now we're not we're more isolated than we are community. So it's really hard for you to observe another family. And I would suggest that you work at trying to observe a couple that's older than you that is actually doing it in a way that you want to emulate. Yeah. And realize not everything they do is right because they're not perfect either. Mm-hmm. But at least you have a different example of how it's done. Right. And um, a guy my age, I need to give people an example of what um, a Christian dad might look like or a Christian grandpa might look like or, you know, even if I'm not with my my wife, I need to do that so that people can understand the concept. Yeah. And and likewise, everybody has that challenge. So uh, we, we can talk more about it. It's just you start with perspective if there's absolute because you realize that it's your perspective blocking you from it. So you better challenge your perspective if you're ever going to get into truth. Yeah, absolutely. Another great discussion here, and we thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you missed part of the discussion or if you want to tap into a different discussion that we've had, you know, we talk about a variety of things, some silly, some serious. I encourage you to head over to Relate365.com where we have this podcast and a variety of other podcasts and resources. Otherwise, you can head over to your favorite podcasting web- website um, and subscribe to us so that way you know when we have new episodes and all that. 
but we thank you guys for joining us. We enjoy hanging out with you. And if you ever want to reach out to us, head over to relate365.com and you can reach out to us. You can ask us questions or if there's a topic that you would like us to discuss, we'd love for that as well. But we thank you for joining us. This is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older, and we'll see you here next time.